0: What is up, everybody, and welcome to Episode 9 of KnifeCast. In this one, we are going to be talking about knife gripes. These are going to be knife gripes specifically related to knives and sort of the knife makers that go along with them, and then we feel like in a separate episode, we can sort of dive into gripes, uh, you know, with the secondary market and and all of those things and everything like that. So uh, let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, as far as a recap from last week, we don't have anything, but uh, if you guys did not – here, our second Meet Your Maker episode with Nick Chuprin. Definitely go check that out. It is a must listen. Uh, let's go around the table here with our Carrie today. Josh, kick it off.
1: I can't put down the stupid servo, the brown knife servo. Like I've had it in my pocket for three days. They're nice, man. <laughs> That's a nice yeah. one you got
2: too. That's a very nice one.
1: Yeah, thank you. The uh, the milling pattern number two, like the I don't know, like the mosaic looking one. I love it, and then he does his damage still fairly well. It's a little bit lighter than what I'd like, but I don't know. I can't get it out of my pocket. I love just having it on me, so I've been trying to carry that as much as possible. I need to, I need to kick it out and put something else in the rotation that I haven't touched in a while. But right now, that that's that's the only
0: one. <laughs> that's a good one. What about you, Frank? Uh, today I
2: actually carried my uh, Peter Rosenti Nirvana. Uh, every now and then I get up the courage to uh, carry it with me, and uh, today was one of those days. It was just a nice day outside. Uh, I had to go into work, and so I took that with me. It's just one of my favorite knives. Maybe like the, I, I say it's my ultimate carry, kind of like just when
0: I'm feeling really good and just having a good day, that's a—it's uh, like my ultimate knife to carry around with me. So much so that it spurred an Instagram post uh, in which you challenge a few of us to our Sunday best. I did, yeah, yeah. I, I probably consider that like if
2: I was wearing a suit, if I was like getting the Medal of Honor or like some some sort of amazing event in your life, you know, I feel like I would carry that knife, you know. And I, I challenge you guys to say what that knife was in in your collection.
0: So, so I haven't Tyler, posted. Yeah, I haven't Tyler posted said my... the
2: Thorberger. Yeah, yeah, that's I one.
1: I haven't posted mine yet. I, I took the picture and everything. I was getting ready before we started recording this, but I ran out of time. But I bet you you guys could guess in like one guess which one I took a
2: picture of. Uh, the CMF with the Timascus liners? No.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> <That one>. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> which, one, it,
2: which one then? The
1: Shamari. That's like my ultimate. Oh, that one. T- oh, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah the Cirque. Man, yeah. that picture that I grabbed in San Francisco, man, was cool.
0: That I don't know if you guys beautiful. know this
2: but I just took a trip to San Francisco and I actually met Josh for the first time in real life. So I've met both of you guys in real life. Have you guys met in real life? No, not yet. No. And so yet. I'm I'm the lucky guy who's met both of you guys. This is cool. This is great.
1: Yeah, it was a pleasure hanging out. I wish we had more time, but
0: it was still it was great. Very cool. So, um I haven't been I've been looking – I've been fucking around with watches, (laughs) but – Yeah, you've been talking about it a lot lately. But as far as knives are concerned, I've got this first round of loners uh, from Mike at Heels with Steel on Instagram. Shout out. And uh, the servo that I've been playing with is very enjoyable, but the one that has absolutely – like I need to get one, which is surprising because it's a frame lock. And I'm not very partial to those. But the Russian Flipping Tonto, the RFT, is just so good. I, I, I use it every day. I've been cutting stuff with it. I've been carrying it. It's so fun. I love that knife. Yeah, but the secondary prices are uh, not so fun. Dude, I don't know, man. They've been coming down to – I've seen the last one I saw went for 2200 bucks, dude.
1: Yeah, I uh, there was it's one so high. for –
0: I mean, it's high, 2K. but it's not. There's only 200 of them, so it's not that crazy, right?
1: Yeah, there was one for 2k, like a couple of days. Well, but a, a couple of days before you got that one on loan, I almost bought it. But I was like, I don't know, 2k is a lot. And now, hearing you rave about it, every time I hear you talk about it, I'm like, fuck, I should have just, I should have just got that one. <laughs>
2: well, <laughs> you know, it's not going to be worth that much in a year or two. The Sigma. Nope. It, no, it
1: no. will. I'm I'm holding on to mine. No. Don't don't say that. Let's not even start because there's so many
0: more of them, and they were less desirable.
1: There was yeah. only two hundred. How was there so many more?
0: I'm pretty sure there were two runs of two hundred. No, no, there was no. just two hundred. There was a 100 in, 100 in Europe, hundred in the U.S. Well, yeah. I don't know. They give, never, they never, they never took off the way the RFT took off right away. Like. Just
1: just give it a year. They're like $2,000 at resellers. I saw one reseller selling a Sigma for $2,400. dollars they nuts.
0: That's what they're listed selling for. Yeah,
1: day. Day. yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: Anyways, uh, anyway. <laughs> RFT is super dope. Let's go ahead and jump into our knife gripes because, guys, we finally uh, collected some of those questions from the community. Very stoked about that. So we've got a few yes. of those lined up at the end. So um, let's go ahead and get on with it. Frank, take us away, man
2: well uh you know this this episode we're calling knife gripes and I mean we can't really call it that without you know at least mentioning our good buddy Nick I mean he did a whole series of knife gripes and you know while we're not gonna be able to touch on he did fifty episodes yeah, right 50, oh my 50. god this guy Nick <laughs> so much so much free time anyways um, we're gonna try to cover some of the things both about knives and sort of uh maybe knife makers. In this episode that are gripes to us. so uh, we all just listed a few things, and I've got a short list here, so I was going to start out with my uh, gripes about knives themselves. So one of the, th- the the number one thing that annoys me the most or is a gripe about a knife if I get it in hand is that it's not actually a knife. That is to say it's not designed as a cutting tool. And so I carry a knife because I need to use one in my job sometimes and around the house and in life. And so I wanted to be able to work. And so one of the most annoying things is getting a pry bar or a door stop or something like that instead <laughs> of a knife. And uh, so that just irks me a whole lot. I, I, maybe, let's see, some knives that kind of come to mind, uh, maybe like uh, hinderers sort of or like that. They don't really cut perfectly. They're kind of like axes. Uh some other knife you, you guys, gotta say you know,
1: medford medford these, these is, other is hugely overbuilt yeah
2: medford these things these hugely overbuilt knives the scorpion sixes look at this knife so let think the scorpion six what is that knife uh with the hole in the blade uh you guys oh a, i know
0: what you're i know ah, what you're I can't talking about. right yeah. now but it's got the it's got the hole in the blade like the it's whole just, thing yeah
2: the whole thing is a hole yeah in the blade and so it's not even a, a knife so that just bugs. I'm just like, that's ridiculous. Why does anyone need that? That's just not. That's yeah. not even art. Functional art. It's just not even a thing. What do you guys think? I
0: think people. I think people would would argue with you. Uh, like I I know. Like I've made this comment to Aaron Winger, who's got a lot of Medfords, and he'll be like, oh, you know, I carry my Medfords, and they cut things, and it's like, they they, they cut things insofar as they cut things that require just an edge right? So it'll cut tape, right? Like it'll, it'll cut objects. But if you need to like cut an apple, for example, um, or, or do something that's slightly more delicate, you're totally screwed because that's when the, right. the width of the blade stock and, you know, the shallowness of the flat grind <laughs> and everything really come into play.
2: Yeah. yeah and I think like- the ultimate example of this is I recently had my hands on the anthony griffin monster that yeah. belongs to yeah. gavin Reddig. i think that's <laughs> so the, big you saw that right yeah it's got it the, retarded the one pound <laughs> blade it weighs like two pounds overall and it's a half an inch thick and it's a flat grind halfway up the blade it's just insane
1: yeah just those pocket axes more or less is what they are right. yeah and then you you hear people call the uh the grims Norseman a, a tactical spoon <laughs> even even though I've heard it cuts decently well, it's just the shape is not. Well, some people like the shape. Hey, that was I heard that was my tech.
0: favorite video I've ever made was on the Grimswood door spin. That knife can cut anything. I don't give a but, shit what people say.
1: But does it blend? We don't. We don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll never know because uh yeah, it was a good little cut there.
2: <laughs> well, uh, I guess that's the that's my number one thing. I and this is a personal thing. All these gripes are obviously going to be personal. Uh, things and each of them each of us have our own ideas on each of these parts but these are mine and so uh, I like mine to be a cutting tool the next thing that bothers me is when uh, a knife has a good design but it has bad material so like sometimes I can get knives like I have a little Kershaw over here that I picked up for like 40 bucks and uh, it just it I wish that it had better materials it has a good design maybe it'll be there Uh, I had the uh, the BBM, the Carter Trinity is also comes to mind, where it was modeled after the BBM, but they made it with a u s eight and shitty titanium and terrible washers, and it just was oh, it man. was not made right. Uh, and then it uh, that bothers me a whole lot. Yeah. And then um, I think conversely, something that really bothers me is when there's a terrible design. But somebody tries to make it up by putting good materials onto it like uh, just one of these knives I'm talking about one of these brick type knives but it's just all made in Timascus and Sanmai, but it's still just a brick uh, that just bothers the hell out of me too
0: I think there's the other angle too right of like a maker who just makes a bad knife but makes it out of 1600 dollars of materials Yeah okay oh here's a here's a brand heater oh nickels. my
2: god yeah. you guys know those knives i'm just i'm just throwing shade right now and he might if he listens to this i'm sorry dude those knives are ridiculous but sometimes they're made out of time ascus and sandmine mine shit and that's just insane to me it's just why that's you're just wasting the materials
1: <laughs> <laughs> well it's like anything that's got a little bit of timascus on it they can just automatically hey this is this is a two thousand dollar knife because oh, it's got Damascus yeah. on it. Twenty
2: five hundred bucks, no problem.
1: It, is the epitome of the uh, the saying "lipstick on a pig," right?
2: Well, wait, wait, back up. Epitome, Epi- epitome, bro. Epitome. epitome. Sorry, I'm uh.
1: <sighs> to say to say I'm tired is an understatement right now. It's
2: <sighs> <That's> okay. <laughs> Moving right, what on. Is, what look, is even the
1: definition of epitome before we move on?
2: Epitome. Epitome. Is,
0: but what is epitome? Like that's, a, ca- that's a word. Epitome. is No, not you're thinking of um uh epitaph
1: that's like a fucking headstone yeah i know what that is that's that's not what i meant
0: epitome I is know. not a word
2: epitome it's just is just epitome a mispronunciation of epitome yeah,
1: yeah. Well, i'm going to wikipedia right now and adding epitome <laughs>
2: all right let's just see let's just go ahead and move right along <laughs> good uh so we talked about that. I guess these are my my little gripes here. The next one I don't like, and I think you guys are going to touch on this. I saw your notes as well, is uh, terrible ergonomics, okay? So if the blade works, that's okay. Then you have an okay design, and you have your materials, and then you just have stupid ergonomics. And uh, some of those things include, like, sharp edges on the handle, a sharp point on the clip in your hand, and... Uh, A backspacer that has a spike on it. Uh, I think, Tyler, you wanted to talk about that some. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, like, there are some... Like, I had... Okay. The uh, Microtech Bounty Hunter. It had a spike on the back of it that's literally called the DNA Extractor. Yeah. Because it's so sharp. It's supposed to stab... If you put it in your pocket, that's the only part of the knife that's exposed... (laughs) and it will extract your dna and it's just like why did why is that on the knife i can't yeah. even get it out of my pocket or sit down in my car because it'll shred everything so i you know that one is sort of a specialty knife but there are other knives that just have uh this that yeah, what is that knife the uh the kaiser critical comes to mind i had one yeah. of those yeah, yeah it's just sharp
1: everywhere just
2: that had the worst ergos on my hands
1: it hurt to hold yeah exactly
2: and then, a sh- or a sharp flipper tab—that is, that's the worst. If you just—if it hurts every time you flip the knife, that's just a pain in the ass. Uh, so another. Uh, speaking of flipping the knife, I would say the next gripe that I have is if a knife has a bad action. I guess I'm sort of a snob in that way, and we're, we're all kind of action snobs. I think Tyler's probably the most snobbish about actions in the group here. Perhaps, maybe. yeah, maybe. And, but if it has a bad action. I'm going to lose interest in this I I I put a little side note here of Chris Reeve knives. And I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but the reason that I can't keep a Chris Reeve knife in my collection is because it's boring as hell. The action is so boring to me. I just it's not as much fun as the other ones that I have. So I'm not saying it has a bad action by any means, but it has to have a uh, you know something that is satisfying in some way. Yeah, fidgetability. Yeah, that's a factor for for guys like us that are buying these high end knives. It's got to feel good, right? And uh, you know, a knife that was designed in 1990 that uh, was pretty good back then is maybe not as relevant in 2018.
0: So <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> maybe we can shots move on. fired. I mean, it's, it's basically they don't just,
1: they don't think that. It's the same fucking knife. It's from thirty years old. You Maybe said they. Break. You
0: said they don't think that and the only update that I've seen come out of that company since I started collecting knives is we're gonna make them Unandi with carbon fiber. Yeah, uh, we're gonna put was bigger new washers
1: new on it. That was yeah. their new product this year. Yeah, and literally.
0: how how old is the Sabinza Twenty Five?
1: That is the Incosi. It's the same knife. I mean, Sabinzo Twenty Five was like. 2005 when they came out with that it's been a long time I think been a
2: while man the, the first Sabinsas were in the early 90s so it's going to be close to 30 years yeah they they need innovation but that's neither here nor there anyways that's a side story but you know that's something that griped to me about those knives to the point that I just don't keep them uh and and certainly any other knife that has that uh that aspect I don't know of a lot of other high-end knives that have really terrible actions but Every now and then you'll be surprised especially if you pay a lot for a knife. If you pay like $2000 for a knife and it has a bad action, let me uh, we can talk about an experience I just had at the Blade Show. Actually, I bought the JD Vandeventer Gold. Okay, it had this is going to go to the last point that I have actually, and that's fit and finish issues from the factory or from the maker. And, it, and when the knife is in my hand as a sold product with fit and finish issues, the JD Vandiver Gold that I had, and I talked to JD about this in person at Blade, is that it had two issues: the blade wiggled when it was closed on the detent, like you could move it back and forth, and there was a lot of lock stick that would not go away. And uh, I I addressed these things to him, and he said, "Oh, maybe there was a maybe there was a smaller pivot uh, than maybe it needed to be," and this kind of stuff. And so I was disappointed in the knife. I, you know, guys, you guys actually know I don't have that knife anymore. Yeah. So that actually, that did irk me enough to do that. So, uh, fit and finish issues. I can't stand that either. Like, uh, you know, even if it comes down to uh, less expensive knives, you saw, I did a series of Benchmade videos where I just showed that every single one of them is off center. Uh, the fit right. and finish is not good. Like, uh, that's been bothering me a whole lot and, uh, it just ruins a knife for me. If it comes that way, it makes me just not trust It, it makes me not like it. And uh, that's a big issue. This, and I say about a hundred dollars. Above about a hundred dollars, it, it better be pretty much perfect fit and finish. Because you can get a a real uh, an excellent knife for a hundred dollars anywhere. So it better be really good if it's above that.
1: Yeah, my biggest example when I, when it comes to that fit and finish is those freaking Clyde Chalinor knives. And the worst thing about those were is they got sent back to Clyde and they came back with the same issues. The centering is still off by a little bit. And uh, apparently, I mean, it was fine to him because he he got them, they were off, and he sent them back and they were still off. So um, that just, that really irked me. Those are probably the two worst knives I've ever bought just because of those issues and the lack of him trying to fix those issues.
2: Well, I suppose that kind of transfers into... I, I, I kind of broke my discussion up into a discussion of gripes about knives, and I kind of just touched on those four or five points there, and I have four or five points about makers as well, the things that bother me. Uh, and probably the number one thing that bothers me the most uh, about a knife maker, I just I, I think outright douchery bothers me the most. Just someone who is so full of themselves or uh, just rude to customers or rude to collectors or rude to members of the uh, community or very vocal about, uh, you know, opinions that are not commonly shared or might be offensive. Uh, I I don't know. People who are just jerks, basically. And there are some some guys out there that do that. They kind of bully other people or they say ridiculous things and some people support them, but I, I don't... I tend to stop listening or stop looking at makers that do things like that.
1: Yeah, and I I'll, I'll um I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll take the heat from this. I'll name two names, two examples that oh. I think fit this criteria. Okay. And this is my opinion only, not not these other two guys. Um I I think Will Moon is one of those guys. I tried to give him a chance. Mm-hmm. And uh I feel like what I've seen and what I've heard throughout the community is um He's right, you're wrong no matter what. Oh, well, get over it. And the same thing uh, is Elliot from Ferrum Forge Knife Works. After seeing all this, um, I've seen three or four interactions he's had with members of community and other knife makers where he's just like, you know, piss off. You know, it's not not my fault, it's your fault. Um, and I'll give two examples of that. I mean, recently the pro line, uh, neither here nor there, we won't get into it, but he just basically told, uh, Jerry McGinnis to piss off. And the same thing, there was this issue on Reddit where one of the, uh, we made Ferrum Forge designed, um, S35VN gents was staining when a guy on Reddit used it for, um, steak right and then the guy brought it up to him and he posted all this on reddit so you can search reddit and you can read it all yourself but he posted it on reddit and he was very nice he was very professional about it and basically uh elliot just kind of like told him off and then afterwards um uh he had uh, who's that guy that does the sharpening for him my mind just went blank
2: you, you guys know oh, what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The
1: uh, uh, Elmer Edge. Emler, Elmer. Emler Edge. Emler. Yeah, Emler. Yeah. Uh, he, had, he made a video about it saying, oh, if you leave your knife and stake. It was just, it was really super ugly and it was horrible public relation, like mm. bad press. And then Elliot did apologize later. But, you know, it, it happened. And I've seen that happen with him a couple of times. I've seen that happen with Will Moon more than once a couple of times. And those two guys... Yeah. are, are, to me, the perfect example of exactly what you just said, and I'm okay saying that.
2: Well, you know, I had a a pretty negative interaction with Will Moon myself uh, where I had a knife that I also borrowed from uh, Mike at Heels with Steel, uh, Tyler, and uh, Mm -hmm. that knife had some issues, and I talked to Will about it, and he never made good on a couple of promises that he had made. He, He assured me of some things that never happened, And then never followed through with it. And uh, I just think he was trying to hide something. And uh, he admitted to me that he had uh, sent out a less than perfect knife uh, just to meet a deadline and make some money. So it just bothered me a whole lot. Uh, So yeah, outright douchery, being shitty, not not being a good person, basically being rude to others, being just not being a douche, basically. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> uh, next, the next thing that bothers me about makers is going to be poor communication, and I think this is a fairly broad topic
0: that a lot of people are going to uh, agree with me on. Before I forget, and before you get into it, let uh. just quick shout out on the let, like quick like if there's anything positive, right? Poor communication, huge fucking problem. But some shout outs, right? Like Holt BladeWorks, uh, Michael oh, Gavick, Bill Koenig, Bill Koenig. Uh, right, uh, Craig, Brown. Craig, Craig Brown. Craig Brown.
2: Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Um, for me, Peter Rosenti and Gareth Bull, those guys are not always reliable for everyone, but they're okay <laughs> with me. Yeah. Well, if there is being a YouTuber. Uh, I yeah, I pretend. I try to pretend that doesn't help.
1: Well, Gareth Bull has been pretty good with me. I don't have many interactions with Peter Rosenti, but I will say, every email I've sent to Peter Rosenti, he's always within a day or two sent me something back. And he doesn't know who I am at all. So that, that's... <laughs>
0: yeah. Anyway, I thought that was but worth those, it. Those are yeah, my yeah, shout-outs. that's outs. good.
2: Um, but poor communication, okay? Um, say, for instance, I see a knife on Instagram. I send you uh, your preferred method of communication, be it DM or email. And I say, hello, sir. My name is Frank. I have a pile of money that I want to give to you in exchange for a knife. And then you say, okay... What do you want? You know, at whatever stage, at whatever stage, okay? Whether it's not responding to my email the first time, you know, or not responding to any subsequent communication. I've had situations uh, where I have been in discussions with a knife maker. I've had this happen more than one time where I have said, I will buy this knife from you in this configuration. Here is my money. Take it now. Let's do this. And then they stop talking to me entirely and they never follow through after a significant amount of discussion. Uh, And then you have uh, situations like you make an order, you know, they're going to be good on do good on it, but you recognize that maybe there's going to be a delay. Okay. There's blade show, there's G10. There are some other custom orders. It's yours is getting bumped. uh, There's a shipment delay for the materials. Suddenly six months is a year is 18 months. In that situation, I would uh, be very much happier to have any communication, even if you just said, "Hey, man, it's going to be another six weeks. It's going to be another three days, uh, whatever." Rather than nothing. And sometimes
0: it's a huge uh, people deal.
2: just people just don't respond. You're like, "Hey, man, what's the status on the on the build on the situation?" And uh, some people say nothing. And hiding does not make the problem go away. It makes it worse.
0: Exactly. I also think that uh, the sort of circumstances change as soon as money is exchanged as well, right? Like if you've paid for the build, it, the level of responsibility is increased even even more so. Right.
1: Now, I've heard the opposite of a knife maker. I can't remember who it was. I'm sorry. But he, he told me once, he's like, a paid knife is the hardest to make because you've already got the money. You're not – You're not worried about.
0: Well, that's that's a particular knife maker choosing whether or not they want to do that. I'm just saying, if that is the situation that you're in, you know, if 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 we just have a little chat on Instagram, right, and all of a sudden you kind of disappear, right? That's shitty, but it's not as shitty as like we. I have an email with a build in it, and I've like sent my two grand in paypal oh absolutely i thought you
1: meant i thought you meant like if you send them money it'll make them hurry faster totally no, different no, no. yeah no yeah totally agree on that
2: that's just bad
0: business, business. <laughs>
1: yeah exactly <laughs> I mean, there's, no, there's Sorry. no other way around that
2: i'm a little bit distracted uh i'm actually because i'm getting communication from uh, bill koenig right now he Hey-o. just sent me pictures of uh the Arius blade that he's making for me Oh Man, that's cool. He's doing a non-flipper. He just made it off the mill.
1: So it's like a different. Yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah. Non-flipper Arius.
1: So uh, a quick little side tangent here. I just have one question. I recently saw an Arius um, that had a compound blade. Is that new or old? Because I have no idea where that came from. It looks like a
2: one-off custom that he, he does that sometimes.
1: Okay. Yeah, somebody was showing that to me. I was like, oh, man. But the uh, it looked like it came back for like some work or something. Anyway, shout out to Bill Koenig and his his amazing uh, knives. Yeah, man,
2: the Arius, one of my <laughs> favorite of the, all the time. Except
0: for the Mini Goblin. Uh, just, anyway.
1: I love the Mini Goblin.
0: I fucking love it.
1: You're high.
2: Oh, I do too, man. I can't wait. I have a special one of those coming too. It's going to be great.
0: Okay, uh, next uh the good news is you work at a hospital, so when you fucking split open your index finger from trying to fi- uh fidget with it, they'll be able to repair the tip of your finger. Fidget with it? I'm confused. Fidget with the knife?
2: Oh yeah, like it's just going to Yeah, that's true. I could stitch myself up. I can, you know,
0: I'm, I'll be covered, yeah, you're I guess. Yeah, you go, dude. You're the perfect owner for that knife.
2: <laughs> uh We'll talk about that another time, I guess. <laughs> Another gripe. I have a long list. I don't know if I'm taking up too much time with my list here. But another another gripe that I have, this has happened to me a couple of times, is not getting what you ordered. Okay? No doubt. Uh, and this is, this is something that extends to a bunch of different areas of my life. Uh, it's It's a pain in the ass when it happens to you at McDonald's, right? You ordered no ketchup, and it's got, like, extra ketchup. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but it's a it's a bigger problem when you're spending more money. So if you're buying a twelve hundred dollar custom knife and you ask for, I don't know, uh, hidden hardware and it's not hidden. I don't know. I don't know how to just say it. you ask for a satin finish and it's a polished. I don't know how to explain it like the Maybe I think in my specific instances, I've asked for a certain handle contouring and uh, that didn't happen. And I would ask the question and then it was never addressed. Uh, so that's sort of a, co- a cross of co- poor communication and not getting what you ordered. Um, and I think sometimes uh, you there are some makers that will just kind of make what they want to make, uh, even if you ask for something very specific, and you can't really get them to change. Even if you say, I I want you to try this, even though it would be relatively straightforward, uh, that that sometimes is a gripe to me. About some makers, because sometimes they'll do it and sometimes they won't.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking of one in particular right now. He's pretty set in his ways. Sometimes you can sway him, sometimes you can't. It just it just he makes what he wants to make, and when he makes it, it's either you like it or you don't. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: And that that can be very annoying, especially when you have a specific uh, image in your head that you want to try and see brought to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I that that is a frustrating thing.
0: Uh,
2: Tyler, anything?
0: Uh, my issue with not getting what I ordered always came down to colors. Yeah, even that, colors. Even if you are asked for a certain, you want,
2: I want dark blue and dark purple, and you get this, uh, you know, white and light blue thing, I don't know. Or bronze and purple, I don't know.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it boils down to the effort, too, like on Timascus, Like, I don't know, there have been some times where... I've been very specific with like multiple pictures of other work that that maker has done themselves, being like, "This is what I'm looking for." And then when it's like nothing like that, and they're like, "It's in the mail," you know, it's like, "Wait, what? Wait." <laughs> so yeah. uh, at this point, oh, yeah. I honestly own my own torch and buffer because I just want—I just do it myself now. I don't oh, trust wow. them. Nice.
2: Well, uh, see, that's the thing. Uh, uh, maybe next, the next topic I wrote down was cutting corners, and uh, I really kind of noticed this for the first time in going to Blade Show recently. Yep, I was I was paying a bit more attention to kind of the build up to the show because I was going to be going, so I was following kind of what the makers were doing. And you you know, there's a rush, and this is a well known phenomenon. There's a rush to get things done for the show and Some people are ready, and some people are not ready. (laughs) And, you know, I saw two or three examples of uh, certain makers, maybe more than that, come with products that were not totally finished, in my estimation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't think I like that. I, I understand, at the end of the day, you do need to make money, and, you know, sometimes you can make the argument that art is never finished, you could always perfect it in some other way, but sometimes people actually cut corners to the point like i'm gonna bring up will moon again i had that storm crow that freaking it just wiggled around it didn't touch the the stop pin on the closed position and he just didn't he was like i had to send it man i needed the money i'm like that's some bullshit i agree yeah so anyways uh cutting corners some bullshit uh and then the last one that bugs me and i've seen this a couple of times really in the last year Is claiming someone else's uh, idea as your own. Uh, You know, I've seen some people using some proprietary technology without sort of claiming uh, or or giving credit to the uh, inspiration.
1: What about that guy that like blatantly copied the BBM? That that that's that's something.
2: Oh yeah, there's a guy that blatantly copied like completely just made his own shitty version of a BBM uh, and tried to sell it. I guess he was trying to sell it, and uh, he was just sorry he got caught. I mean, yeah, he, was he was like, like sorry. Some I just re- maker. He even said he's like sorry. I just really like the knife, so I made my own. It's like that's cool, but don't sell it. You know, if right? He was trying to sell it. That was the that, problem. That,
1: yeah, that's the problem. If you want to make your own as your own personal knife, I mean, I, I well, don't really see any ethical you know, problems with that.
2: Some other examples that I've seen in the past was there was that zipper blade argument with ddr knives and michael walker that was the thing in the last year you guys saw that no yeah zipper blade it's so there's there's like a a way that you can put two different metals together so like the the blade edge would be a high-end steel but you could using a milling pattern Basically got press it. fit yeah, like yeah. a Timascus uh, yeah, spine. Yeah. You know I what got I mean? It.
0: I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So
2: like DDR said he made it, but Michael Walker was like, uh, "No, you didn't, bro. Here, look at this from way from a long a 1988 ago. because
0: Michael right. Walker fucking invented everything and then yeah. fell off the face of the earth. And right there, yeah. And then uh, you know I'm gonna bring up Holt Blade
2: Works. They had to change their whole detent system because they basically copied Brian Nadeau.
0: Yeah, I
2: don't stand yeah. on
0: that side of that.
2: Discussion. i know it's a thing but they
0: they changed it because of that because there was controversy uh, they changed they, it because of the controversy which is different right. than changing it as as an implication of wrongdoing well i i yeah i'm not
2: going to argue that they're wonderful people i i hold no grudge against them i met them they're they're wonderful people i have nothing whatever it's a thing though it, it is a it thing is a it thing. is a thing
0: you're correct uh
2: what else? What else? What uh, about the
1: biggest mainstream example about um, Microtech wanting to sue anybody that uses Sandi Steel? Oh,
2: cold cold steel is doing that. Cold, cold, steel. Steel. cold steel. I'm sorry, not yeah.
1: Microtech. What is Microtech doing? that Microte- the whole Matrix Matrix thing. Yeah, right? correct. But that's was
2: right. Was the yeah. was the Matrix Matrix zero uh, seven seven seven? That was a shit show. Yeah. Yeah, man, just blatantly copying other people and just claiming it as your own design—it's no big deal. And then
1: Guardian, uh, Guardian Tactical was using the subframe lock on their models, and that was a Kershaw or Kai, Kai, uh, Kai trademarked uh, locking mechanism. It's was, it was basically like them trying to do a compression lock, which you know that's a, that's a co lock. And right. it was a Kylock, lock, and they they got they had to change the lock on that because they were they were trying to get use that patented lock. yeah I that's, suppose
2: that's, I, I, yeah I just I suppose uh, it's not so bad in the sense of just using it. maybe uh, using it without giving somebody credit or you know using a spidey hole without getting Spider Co's agreement just like all these other things. you just you can't claim it as your own and it's not cool. Right. Anyways, I've rambled on for long enough. I should hand it over to you guys for your
0: thoughts. <laughs> all righty. We, uh, we will continue on. So uh, I'll go ahead and jump in. I understand, all right, that some of you non-humans lift your clips to get them into your pocket. But I do not, should not, nor will I ever do this. And if your knife requires that of me, fix it.
2: You literally just shit. called me a non-human. Yeah. You so just, You just called me a I non-human. I know I did.
1: Frank is confirmed as a lizard person, everyone. I, and, and I,
0: one of I my good local knife that. buddies is is the same way, and you people are aliens. Um, I what should, do you mean, you people? You people. <laughs> you people. <laughs> you people.
1: But what about material? What if it's a good functional clip if it's in titanium, but then they try to use something like zirconium? What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I mean Yeah, that ruins knives. It ruins knives. Zirconium clip. Pl- yeah, it just depends, right? Case like in point. Peter Resenti pocket clips. Okay. I ha-
1: I have the one that you got rid of because of the clip. And
0: marginally
2: usable at baseline in titanium, completely unusable in Zerk or Damasteel.
1: Yeah, the Damasteel was retarded. One time I had to take my pants off in a stall. <laughs>
2: No way. At work, yeah. What? So
1: <laughs> I had to take my pants off to get it out of my pocket. So I took no. my pants off. Yeah, you no, know, this is a real story. Oh my I, god! I, the sacrifices we make. <laughs> I could not get it off. I had to take my pants off so I could like actually like sit down and work with it for a few minutes. I had to use two hands. Oh,
0: wow. That's unbelievable. That's that amazing. Is a,
1: that is a real story with that damn still Satori pocket clip. I could not I, w- I could get it out of my <laughs> pants to save my life.
2: <laughs> I will agree I will agree with you up to a point, Tyler. Some so the the Satori that Josh now owns, I stopped liking it because I couldn't carry it with the Zert clip. There is a limit to me. I think my threshold is much higher than your threshold for where that sure. where that springiness might be. But I agree, all the knives that I end up keeping, what I'm noticing is that I like I kinda my collection kinda goes in waves where I get a whole bunch and then I sell a few, but maybe five or six or seven or so are kind of stable models right now and all of those have good clips. And it's because I don't like having
0: knives with bad clips. So I, re- I really like just being able to use my one hand and, like, slip it in, but that's not required. Like, I'm okay. <laughs> Take that out of context. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> I want to reach across. I'm right-handed, so I want to reach across with my left hand and He's hold the pocket taut and then use my right hand with the knife and just push it over. So that's... That's my preferred method if I can't just literally only do it with one hand. But if I have to like – so like I have this servo for example with the um, turtle pattern and like the clip just sits in a bad spot like with the pattern and like it makes it very – and like it's got a really bad ramp and it makes it very difficult to carry and it's like really frustrating. Um, So I think it really for me just depends on – like will it slip in and out? So it doesn't necessarily matter as much about the strength of the clip so much as like the significance of the ramp and then like whatever sort of texturing is under the clip that, that could get caught against the pants. Um, That's true.
2: Re- retention is kind of a whatever thing to me too. It, if it just sits on the lip of my pocket, it's probably not going to go anywhere. Right. It doesn't need a whole lot of of, of actual compression.
0: And so right I think there. you can do those exotic materials if you do it correctly. One of the best examples is on my uh, Lorevo Knives Tribeca that I picked up at 2017 Blade. Um, it's got a, a San Mai Damascus clip, uh, but it's r- the clip part is raised very far off the frame. Now, when a clip is close to the frame, I hate that because when you grip the knife, it clicks – and that I I literally th- will have almost thrown custom knives in the garbage can because of that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the worst thing that you could do.
1: But Morse code clip.
0: Yeah. But when it's as substantial as it is on uh, this Tribeca, it's like very far away. And because it's so stiff, you could grip the thing very hard and it doesn't really make contact with the, the scale. So, um, you know, that's an example of, of having sort of... One of those crazy stiff clips, but because it's a dress knife and because you know you don't need that insane retention, and it still does hold on my pocket very well. But, you know, it's got a big nub and everything, but uh, he just built it so far off the knife that it that it functions well.
1: So, uh, do we have any um, honorable mention, like really well done clips? I can think of one off the top of my head, and that's the the Gareth Bull Shamwari clip. It's to me, it's almost the perfect. Yeah, clip.
0: it's a pretty good clip. Um, I'm extraordinarily partial to the uh, 3D milled clips with uh, ceramic balls. It doesn't matter what brand is doing it, whether it's the hot bag bag or Thor- yeah. bag, Thorburn, any of the South African guys, anybody who uses that, um, as long as it's a smooth surface, you know, that's under the clip. Uh, those are, those are my favorite because what you can do is you can push the knife in with your thumb and just brace it against your pants with your index finger and your middle finger. And the clip just slides in right between the fingers. Um, Cause the, the, ceramic ball ramps ex- extremely easily
2: well I' I'm, I'm gonna give some honorable mentions in both categories for the worst goddamn clips I've ever had in my life were on the leong ma 15 I just published that video just uh, as, as yeah. of today so that clip was so tight and that has a ball bag style ball bearing impossible to use what no absolutely. Way
0: absolutely well it's the way it,
1: it's scooped in like i when i was looking at pictures of it you can look at it and it's like this doesn't look right
0: oh it it's had not like flush it's an, i mean it it's not a flat sc- it's
1: scooped no oh, it's got like it.
0: that's why. the
1: handle and the clip is both like scooped inward
2: it's, it's scooped weird. in so the ramp is ruined by the by the scoop on the handle and the tension is like 75 million pounds so it wow. doesn't uh flex meant, yeah wow and then the other one i wanted to mention that was terrible was the Zero six zero six, the the factory custom one.
1: Mm.
2: That clip was completely unusable as well. But on the goods on the good side of things, I want to give a shout out to Brian Nadeau. Okay, on his Typhoon, <laughs> I'm going to give him a shout out because that they guy do very cares more about a functional clip than the way it looks. Because we know it doesn't look all that good. He even admitted it to the point that the chicane doesn't even have that shit anymore. It's got a 3D milled clip. Okay, but he stuck with it. I liked it on the Mini Typhoon. I think it was a great clip. Um, Bill Koenig, I'm going to give him props because he had a bad clip on the Arius and he made it better. There you go. He did do I that. I appreciate that. Uh, that. It was bad and he made it better. Um, and then, yeah, the, the Gareth Bull Shamwari clip is one that should be emulated. I think that it's a little bit sharp on the very edge yeah it could be rounded up a little high it needs to be a little less sharp i mean it can be up but it's very sharp i've cut my steering wheel and numerous other things with it so uh but there yeah those are my honorable
0: mentions there yosh uh and then what else did you want to talk about Oh, I said I was saying Josh, but with a like Spanish. Oh, I, I
1: Yeah, I was like, "What the fuck are you saying? <laughs> Is that my name, or are you just saying, yeah, 'Yeah, let's continue'?" Uh, I don't know, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: Well. Are we in like? Uh, I'm not even going to go there. Okay, never mind. Go to your next point, please.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> Frank made a, a distinction of about this earlier, um, but just when you, it, when you man, when you make your backspacer into a giant spiky glass breaker that's sticking right out of the ass of the knife. Like, just think about how you hold a knife. That's the exact pressure point of where you leverage the, you know, flipper tab against your palm. Um, So that's just fucking retarded. Uh, Another gripe that I have is that um, flipper tabs plus washers equals doable but fucking stupid is what I wrote. and it's I don't mind I don't mind a folder, right like I think um right Jason Guthrie' is a great example and like a knife doesn't have to fall shut to be good, right mm-hmm. like just because that's my preference doesn't mean that but just to me, fundamentally a flipper tab is built on the predication of having bearings, yeah, I would say so. And I've seen a few people try to do who it. Ultra tech. Who
2: makes a good washer flipper?
0: Shiragorov. Sure, uh, Shiragorov sure,
2: does, yes. Yeah, I don't yeah.
0: agree with that because if you look at like one of those hatties with washers, like like what, like what? no, like why is there a flipper tab on there? It doesn't I've... it doesn't open unless you get great leverage and it doesn't Whip shut, like why? Like why do you want that? I've never handled
1: one, but for it to be on washers, it did look impressive in pictures and videos. Well, videos because you can't fucking tell in pictures, but videos uh, of the few I've seen, I've been impressed by them because they use that collet uh, that goes around the actual pivot itself. I think that is a big, a big uh, reason. Okay, why here's I think the thing. Good. Here's
2: the thing. Let 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 me blow your mind here for a second, okay?
0: Non-flipper, flipper, washers.
2: Is it washers? I,
1: I yeah,
0: but okay, that's totally different. Though. That's it's totally so weird. That's I, I, I literally said flipper tab plus washers, and that doesn't have a flipper tab. It's in the name, but it it's have in the name. It's in the name.
1: But I've heard of like the cheaper knives on washers. Um, cut. Uh, the cut jack by
2: terrible what? action. Fucking horrific action. Dude.
1: Have you handled the washer I one or the
2: Hand, Which one washer, have? I have the bear. Oh, washer okay. one. The washer one.
1: Okay, okay. Well, I guess we do agree that and, we can listen. a good one. And listen,
2: if it was a turd sandwich of an action. It was terrible.
0: <laughs> listen. What's the good part, though? I, I don't care if you make a great flipper with washers. Does that make sense? Like, mm. to yeah, me, it's, it's just, just wrong, even if it's executed well. It. Like, it's like one of those
1: do... things for... Um,
0: it's like an oxymoron. It's people... Fuck, I'm too it's tired like to a, say it's like a, words. it's What's like a, mossy? a,
2: it's ahead, like a sport uh like a one of those uh paddle shift automatics on like a minivan.
0: <laughs> yes. You know, like it's just like it's the it's the wrong application. It's the wrong application. Right. Or it's, it's like right. be Painting done with
1: your toes. It's like you can do that, but why? why, why would you paint with your toes?
0: Thanks, Josh.
1: You're welcome. Yes. <sighs> I guess. Here,
0: let's let's transition to giving Josh credit because um, he had a big one, a big gripe of mine already written down in the notes before I got to it. So he, I'm going to let him say it, but it has to do with knives, uh, you know, when they're in your pocket and when he says it, I'll point it out because of honestly, of all the knife gripes, like that was the first one that came to mind. That's my biggest one. Um, next one is not masking off your Cerakote, Damascus edge, steel edge, acid wash or whatever on your bearing path and your detent path. Uh, can yeah. anybody say um millet fucking mate, mate max or whatever? What was that thing called?
2: The, some, Evo. the yeah, yeah, Max Evo.
0: Jesus. Or the Boost Blades first run of the arrow? God. Really? Uh, I, I didn't handle it. I didn't handle either of those, but they didn't, uh, I would uh, say... they didn't mask at all. Like Nick Shabazz's yeah. video of it, he like takes it apart and like takes sandpaper to it and like makes it better.
2: <laughs> wow. I didn't. Uh, I didn't see that one. That's cool. Scotch uh, the whole thing. Yeah. I would say that some uh, some aftermarket modifiers uh, do that a lot. I've seen that uh, on a fail, bunch. of... Fail to mask. Yeah, you gotta yeah, be oh careful. Yeah. Be very careful yeah, with that. Choose but your modders carefully. From the maker is unacceptable. Exactly. Acceptable. They do it though, dude. Left and right, man. That's that's tech
0: status. That's like an eight dollar knife status. <laughs> and then there's yeah. and then there's just there's people that do do it and do it poorly, um, which is still a fucking issue. They go
1: all crazy with the nail polish, like they're painting it on with their toes. Hey, it's <laughs>
0: <laughs> you like that? Oh, yeah. Uh, so my next one is standoffs instead of a backspacer on on custom knives. Now, if it's a cheap knife, I can understand saving on weight and material cost. If it's um, that's it. <laughs> that's fucking it, right? Because if you're gonna tell me that you're like dressy custom knife that you pick standoffs because it's like saving weight, like dude, it has Timascus scales and a damn steel blade that's like point one eight inches thick. Like, what do you mean saving weight? Make me a goddamn <laughs> backspacer out of Timascus, you fucking lazy prick. Like oh, man. it no, I mean it it really upsets me because like there's very few excuses and, like, very few reasons not to have a backspacer. And the thing is, a lot of makers, I think, will be quick to argue about, like, fitting the blade in. But I'm not saying full-length backspacer. Okay, I think the BBM is a fantastic example of how small you can make a backspacer without yeah. it being as fucking lazy as a fucking standoff. The reason yeah. I'm so upset about this is because this came up recently. I was – uh given the opportunity to purchase a knife from a maker who I've been interested in ever since New York custom knife show of Ooh. last year. And, Ooh. uh, I don't want to say, and cause I'm, cause I'm being exact, I'm exaggerating how mad I am about it. So I don't want to like throw them under the bus. So, um, I had an opportunity to buy this knife and I was like really into it and it was the right price and it was the exact build that I wanted. And I was like, fuck yeah. And the The seller was like, oh, you know, oh, yeah. So here's some details. It's got, oh, yeah, standoffs. And I was like, fuck. Fuck, man. And I don't want it. Like, I don't want it. It's just like a waste of a knife to me at that point.
2: Um, Really, though? But, but, so I I don't, I'm going to chime in for a second and say I don't disagree with you totally. I think that standoffs can, can sometimes be uh, the cheap way out. Like, if they're just... Especially if they're standoffs from knifemaker.com. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some just bullshit, like, basic... Bu- That's what basic. I'm saying, yeah, 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 Some makers make their own standoffs that are interesting and unique. Uh, that was
1: going to be my point. Uh... Some
2: people make standoffs that are boring. Uh, Jason Guthrie uses standoffs on his scout, and they're boring as hell. But he makes them in his shop. He he makes them himself. He, like, taps them and everything. So that's kind of neat.
0: I But he does floating backspacers, though, too.
2: He can? I didn't know that. I mean,
0: the ranger that I had had a floating backspacer. Uh, I hadn't asked him about that. I should probably ask him about that. I actually didn't know he did standoffs. So I've only seen the floating backspacers.
1: Hmm. I don't have a, and, a strong opinion either
2: way on this one.
0: Well, so, like, uh, Josh, was, you have a lot of Gavcos, right? They're all on the standoffs
1: that you would get from, is it Steve Kelly? Steve is that Kelly. Or right. yeah. right, mm-hmm. Alpha
2: Knife Supplier, Steve Kelly. Yeah, and exactly. mine's
0: on standoffs, too. And here's the thing. Like, he does, a, he does, first of all, a really fantastic job of perfectly matching his standoffs to the rest of the theme of the knife. Like, the standoff on mine is, like, fucking crazy two-color... You know what I mean? Like there's a the lot of effort. Lines. A lot Line of too. effort on that tiny Line little standoff. Yeah. But that knife is still a better knife with a BBM sized green you know, time backspacer. I agree. Speak, speaking of Gavco,
2: I own two models of the Trasher. The gray one and the green one. The gray one had a full length backspacer. The green one had standoffs. I strongly preferred the backspacer construction. I, I do definitely like a full-length backspacer at this point. I used to think I liked the flow-through construction because it was, quote-unquote, easier to clean. But if you just stick your rag in there and get a can of compressed air, full, no knife right, is yeah. hard to clean. Yeah. So it's it's whatever. Or, or
1: and, just a Q-tip, yeah. Yeah, or a Q-tip, whatever.
0: And, yeah, like I said, like, I I do personally prefer the full-length, but, like, I would rather have a standoff sized backspacer than a standoff you know what i mean right, like right, right. it's just a matter of of effort and material and and sort of um g- just making that knife complete yeah, this, I'll, I'll, is, this I'll bring, is something go ahead
2: i'm sorry uh, i'll bring back brian nadeau for a second on the mini typhoon there's just a small little short backspacer at the base of the blade yeah and at the base of the handle and i, I like that a lot yeah i agree Honorable it, mention. This is just something I guess I've never put a lot of thought into. I mean,
1: I do like those backspacers that, that Mike Gavick does that have all the carving and stuff in it. But it was never, as you would put it, a make it or break it situation um, to bring the Gareth Bull Shamuari in again that they're on. Uh, the mine has a Tamascus. He milled out his own Tamascus um, standoff, and, and I like that. I, yeah, I like the way uh, it
2: is. My gray one had a zerk standoff that yeah.
1: made. Yeah. I this for me is just one of those things I haven't put a lot of thought into, but now that we're talking about it, I, can ab- I do like to see I do like to see those Tyler right I,
0: I can ap- I can appreciate the ones that are made with effort and love, and if you show me a knife with that and you can tell me that like I'm stoked on that and like I do own my Gafco, but like still like on if all else is equal 100% of the time, uh, backspacer is better than a standoff, in my opinion. If well, all let, me else take,
2: l- let me take this argument one step further. In case you haven't noticed on my channel recently, I've been all about integral handled knives. Fuck <laughs> backspacers, that. fuck standoffs, give me a one-piece handle, and I'm a happy man. That's what I want, and all my folding knives. That's, the only bad it. thing
1: about that is, if you fuck up the... Uh the lock bar you're screwed you're gonna need a whole new handle
2: that's right that's true but
1: that, that's like, what
2: everybody says
0: yeah like, that's that what is, everybody a... says and how many fuck the three of us to combine have owned 200 custom knives how many lock bars broke zero zero, zero. exactly zero yeah. but i had to
1: bring up that's like the most common point no I and bring... i
0: i know and i hate that because like how many people are running around with their and that's fine dude if it breaks get a new one who fucking cares the thing all right my next one is the fact that uh quote maker time is worse than quote stoner time insofar as custom orders almost always go over the quoted delivery date um frank touched on this in regards to communication specifically uh you know if it's gonna be late let me know um and stay in touch which is great but uh I just wish that wasn't the way it was. Like I obviously I at some this, point this, along this, the way, it just sort of became that way and it is what it is. But um I don't know. You it, would think you could fucking schedule. It's true. I think we all have experienced if we've
2: ordered a custom knife that they say it's going to be three months and then it's going to be, you know, more and then it's like six months or it's a year or the, it's a wink, wink. Right, say no more and the thing,
0: thing is, I don't, you know, it's, like if you're two weeks late, right? Because like something, because like you're fucking busy, then like I get that. That like doesn't even bother me even a little bit. But what you're talking about is exactly my point, right? Is that ex- exorbitant? Like, yes, you will have the I was you know I've one that comes to mind. You will have this knife, um, you know by by Christmas, you know. And it was it's like the end of February, early March, and it's starting to roll in, and it's like okay, you know, three extra months is kind of a big fucking deal. Yeah,
2: hey, I'm gonna. Do, uh, I gotta take a phone call real quick, but I'll be back. Cool. I'm here. I'm still here.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, cool. Let me make. Let me make a quick point about yeah. that because one of the things I was thinking about as you guys are going back and forth is, um, like, why don't they just uh, instead of under deliver over promise, why don't they over promise under deliver? That's exactly because,
0: what we do at my company. Like, why wouldn't yeah. you?
1: A lot of businesses love to do this. They're gonna take, like, say a project is gonna take six months to complete, right? So um, instead of telling the client that you you want, I was like, oh, we can get it done in six months, and you may or may not do it. Say I can get it done in nine months, and then after the six months have uh, elapsed, say, hey, good news, we're three months ahead of schedule. The project's done, and you can do the same. You can translate that into the knife business knife community same way. I think I think the big problem though with a lot of these makers is uh
0: i think people won't sign up if they hear a big number
1: well another thing is i think their their pride gets in the way like mm-hmm. when they start taking on all these orders they're like i can get this done in three months Fuck sure, this. Right. and then when they, and then when they start getting into the nitty-gritty and it, and shit gets real they're like oh man this is gonna take way longer than three months but after you've already committed to three months they're they, they're not gonna want to come back and say hey i told you three months um it's going to probably be six. Nobody wants to do that. They should. That's the right thing to do. Right. But, uh, I mean, the way I look at it these days is as soon as I hear, uh, oh, it's going to take three months in my head, I'm like, okay, I'll probably get it in six. That's just yeah the way the yeah, – I stopped ordering. I've it.
0: completely stopped ordering customs, mostly for different reasons. But that's – I mean, I just – I will just pay the extra $180.00. Or two hundred and fifty dollars to get it from a dealer and have it mailed fucking post haste. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Uh, I will say, um I I got a um I got on the end of JG's books for a um for a scout and I got pushed all the way back his email he's like I can get it to you by July of 2019 that was a hard pill to swallow to hear July 2019 but I feel like he's gonna make that because I feel like he's being smart about it he's not saying oh I'll have your knife in three months right so I'm I'm gonna wait that that. long yeah I really do like I appreciate it even though it was hard to hear I was like okay well this time around blade maybe I can pick it up from that'd be cool
0: yeah <sighs> um, so my last uh, one before I hand it off to you, Josh, uh, Frank should be able here to speak on it himself. But uh, in contrast to his point about plagiarism, uh, regarding you know sort of taking credit for ideas that aren't yours. Um, hey, sorry about that. I had to take a call. You know it's a big gripe of mine when uh, people shoot each
2: other in the head. <laughs> that is a thing that bothers me because then it's my job to take care of it. That's what the phone call is about. Sorry, folks. Good. You're good. Everything good?
0: Yeah, everything's fine. You except know, for the except, dead guys. Except for the two brain dead guys. So yeah. it's a thing. Yeah, terrible, terrible. Anyways, moving on. Uh, so the final point here was in contrast to uh, your point about plagiarism, Frank, the, mm. taking credit for ideas that aren't yours. Um, on the flip side, I dislike when makers sort of overclaim very basic concepts which they never even attempted to uh, patent or trademark. Now, I don't want to get – too specific here. There was a recent incident that happened publicly on Instagram uh, regarding bearings. That's all I'll say on the matter. Perhaps some people saw that, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, I th- this also sort of goes uh, towards what I what we were talking about earlier with the Holtz and and Brian. You know, um, oh, yeah. so so that just bugs me. Like you, it's not fucking patent pending. You never even tried right you never referred to it when you started doing it as as you know the one and only soul whatever like and then somebody does something sort of similar right, right. but like still pretty fucking different right like a different design just same basic concept and you're sure. like are you kidding me you know what i mean like <laughs> you didn't give me credit like first of all these people, like, A, might not even know you exist, or B, if they do, like, certainly. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, so to me, it's just fucking crazy. Like, if it's you true. if you want to have Very that level true. of ownership, great. Spiderco, guess what? I can't fucking drill a hole in my blade and sell it because of Co. If you want yeah. to have ownership over your fucking design feature, be a man and pay for all the fucking shit that you have to go through to get that and get mm-hmm. your patent in. Um. Other. Yeah. That shit makes me so mad, dude.
2: I would agree with that. I would agree. In Brian's defense, I don't think he raised as much of a stink as I think other people did about that situation. Sure. But that's a. That's, sometimes you're it's right. the mob. I, I sometimes it's the mob. Yeah, it's true. It's true.
1: Yeah, can we go in a little bit more in depth about the bearings without revealing any information about the two? Oh, people? let's
0: reveal all the information, dude! I love revealing. I, I thought it, <laughs> the people want the reveal. Dude. Well, because I don't know well, anything. I don't know the truth about the story. Here, I just saw here, it. I,
1: I I can report it as, as much as public was uh, publicly uh, allowed before it, it went away. Before it was um, so, uh, Craig Baum who makes the servo knife, he is just now starting to make his own dual row bearings, right? And, um, he posted them on Instagram when he first started making them. Hey, I'm making my own dual row bearings or my multi row bearing system. Hint, hint. And then a certain, uh, quote unquote, innovator of the multi row bearing system, which is Dmitry Sinkovich, uh, commented saying that, uh, you mean the Sinkovich MRBS? And, Craig was like, "You mean you have control over all bearings that have more than one row, and that was really all that was that was put out into the public domain. They took it off, they went into private conversation, and I guess they hashed it out because he's still making them he's
0: still making them
1: yeah, so but let's think about this for a minute. Uh, Dimitri thinks he has domain over um any bearing system that has more than like what eight bearings in it more than one row that is so asinine i can't even wrap my head around it that's like saying ford has uh domain over all the dualies in the world like if you have more than four tires that is a ford six tire bearings or wheel system (laughs) (laughs) you know that was yeah yeah and that, no, 100. That that's my point. Yeah, I yeah agree. it's I absurd. Agree. Was, it's absurd. That was so crazy. Like, are you kidding me? Get over your damn self. Yeah. That's not an innovation. You put more than one row of bearings on. They have been CKF has done that. Um, oh, so many knives so I cracked many open. Other, have so the, many. Oh my god! Yeah. Like
0: all of them. Yeah. That's um, so that's so vague.
1: Like, are you kidding me? That's like that's like petty third grade stuff. That's I'm like sorry. somebody
0: being like, your knife has a clip. I, yeah, put a, like, I put put a it, clip on a knife that's first. Like
1: Co, yeah, it's like Spiderco saying, uh, "We did pocket clips. You can't do a pocket clip," which, which I'm really glad. Hey, man, man Spiderco gets away with saying
0: you can't drill a hole in a blade. So, I mean, props to them. That's some that's some pretty basic shit. I mean, it's amazing that you know, if as, as long as it's not a circle, you can do it. But uh. yeah. <coughs>
1: That is definitely a double-edged sword topic because a lot of these innovations that we take for granted these days, if those makers did decide to lock it behind uh, legislation – not legislation. They lock it behind paperwork and um, – You copyright copywriter. Yeah, if if all that stuff was locked behind paperwork, could you imagine like buying a knife that has a liner lock on it? You'd have to pay royalties to Michael Walker and then forget about all these frame locks and then who did the flipper tab? That was – uh, Kit Carson, you know, it would just it would just be a shit show at this point We would all have these weird it would be like okay perfect is not it would be like the California gun market right now When you want an AR it doesn't even look like an AR because there's so many fucking loopholes You got to go around to just have that type of rifle. Oh my god. I just that just clicked in my head. I Don't know. It's a double-edged sword. It's definitely one of those give-and-take yeah. uh, Give-and-take
0: topics I agree. It's all just about the specificity of it. You know, it's like, hey, this knife has a blade. Um, We first
1: did the knife with the blade. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, Josh, take it away, bro.
1: Oh, man, I'm sorry. I am, like, all over the place tonight. I have been working like a madman, and it's starting to affect me. So I apologize. Um, So I only – I had two, two big points. Um, and one of the points we kind of touched on: douchey makers, mm. and and the way the way I wrote it, it was makers who think they're too school for cool, those type of makers. Ah, <laughs> like,
2: oh, oh, come on, dude, you're so tired. Go to I'm bed, sorry. dude. Go to bed. No, okay. too was, school for cool, dude. You t- said it back. T- too school oh, for I did? cool. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> that's me. that's the epitome. That's the epitome that's the epitome of. Being of <laughs> Oh,
0: oh No
1: idea. Man. I I requested two days off just so I could sleep. That, <laughs> that's good. Did yeah, I really? I did, I, did, yeah, I did I? Yeah, you did say that. I yeah, don't even know it. I said that. <laughs> that's
0: right. That's right. I don't okay. think we were recording when the epitome thing happened. I don't know if the listeners will know what that is. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I hope oh, we, were. Yeah. we should
1: be recording this entire thing. I think we were, man. Was that? I mean, was it?
0: Okay. Were. Okay. okay. Well, we got yeah. that on here. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good. Good.
1: And the fact that I thought it was a real word—that's even worse. <laughs>
0: yes.
1: Anyways, yeah.
2: okay. Here we go.
1: Makers who think they're too cool for school. Mm.
2: Well See, said. I thought you
1: when when who when you are guys you started... thinking about oh, who's yeah. too
2: cool for school. Um,
1: I don't want to bring too many names in I will give a recent example that just happened Um, uh, there was a knife that was on auction. It was a plain bladed knife I think it was CPM 154 was was the blade material. I could be wrong I don't I don't really know but the handle was a very nice black no, It was like dark tie right where it's just a lot of a lot of zirconium and a a little bit of tamascus and uh, Yeah, it, it was a very beautiful knife it probably cost that maker $1,000 to make that knife. This was
0: WR Blade Works, right?
1: Fuck okay. you. He said yeah. it, dude. He said it. <laughs> that's okay, the so one you're WR talking about, Blade right? WR Blade Works. Yeah, Ultra that's exactly who we're talking about. Yeah. Let's, let, let's yeah. just... Air it all out. Fucking expose
0: um, it, dude. Just well, I'm just trying to make out. sure I'm on the same page as everybody. Fucking Dan's a slap the knife community with this. Well, guitar. I I
1: don't have any personal experience with that dude. That's
0: I don't either. One. I literally know ex- exactly zero information on him. So yeah. except,
2: except that all the hot Instagram dudes love his knives and they spend $8,500 on them.
1: Yeah, so that knife I don't. I think it sold more than eighty five. The last time I checked it, there's like an hour left, and it was at eighty five hundred. I think it went up to like, right at nine thousand oh. dollars. But here's the deal: this dude mm, spent a thousand dollars to make that knife, maybe more. I don't know. I'm, that's a ballpark estimate. It's not. Let's much say two thousand
0: is an overestimate.
1: Okay. Perfect. $2,000. Overestimate. He took 40 hours to make it. Who knows? And that knife sold for almost $9,000. And homeboy WR Braidworks, Walter Randolph, in case you guys didn't know what WR stood for,
0: is going to charge
1: them seventy or $55 to ship that knife to the winner. Uh, How do you know that? What? How do you
2: know that? That's a... uh, a thin dick move right there. That's what that is. But it's a bold a thin,
1: claim
0: without evidence. No, dick. it
1: was in there because it's, in the, reached, oh, no it's in the description. Oh, no fucking shit. Are
0: you kidding me? Exactly. What a sack of shit.
1: If I sold a knife for nine thousand dollars, I would fucking deliver it to him in my own truck. I would drive it on a right? pillow. Yeah, I would seriously. drive to that dude and like, here you go, man. Let me get you something to drink. You want something to drink? You know, sit down for a minute. I would be so ecstatic.
2: <laughs> it says it right there. I will accept PayPal with three percent for fees. So he doesn't even
1: Shipping cover his own. Will be fees. FedEx
0: with for an additional fee of fifty-five dollars. What's,
1: like, what's three percent of nine thousand? Alexa,
0: what's three point five percent of nine thousand?
2: 5%
0: of 9000 is 315. 315. did you say 3 that's fine whatever. That's a lot of money though. It's so 3.5 yeah. is PayPal. He only claimed 3%. Yeah. Yeah. So he's paying 0.5% of his fees then.
1: Yeah. So Got he's it. breaking the terms of use of, of PayPal and at that point too cuz he's not paying his own fees. So he's making you pay your fees, which is another let's say 280. And then he's giving, he's making you pay fifty five dollars to ship the knife that you just paid nine thousand dollars for. Yeah. To me, that's just like a, uh, should we just put it in your ass or your mailbox? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I that no, was that's, that's a fucked a up, loop, dude. It's it's fucked move. up.
1: Yeah. And like the thing this, is, the
0: guy who won that like had wet pants while he was filling out that extra fifty five dollar PayPal payment.
1: He was probably squirting lube down his the back of his pants that's as what I'm he saying. was talking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to to me, that is just unprofessional. I mean, that's that's the best way to put it. That's just a, I'm gonna fuck you. I, I know my my work is really hot right now, and I'm not gonna pay anything out of my pocket. That's just showing no respect.
0: That yeah.
1: that is showing no respect towards your customer base at all. A hundred percent. and and the the other thing that that kind of irks me is when makers think you know i'm the maker you're the buyer i know what's right you don't know anything about making a knife and um when i was younger uh i i worked at chick-fil-a i was a manager for chick-fil-a general manager i did that for like four years and when I, i did a lot of training and when i trained people my favorite thing to tell people is i'm a manager i'm not in the window 24 hours i'm not in the window six hours a shift i don't know what it's like to be in there six hours a shift i don't do that you do that if you know anything that you can do or suggest or innovate to make your job easier for you let me know and i can get that process started to make that the new norm for the window um so it was it was basically um you 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 use the knife all the time. You have the knife all the time. The maker just makes them. Um, they might know what they want, but if I can come back to the maker as a user, as a purveyor, um, purveyor a buyer, right? Yeah. Anyways. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, let's just go with that. Um, as somebody that, uh, has these knives with me 24 seven, that I use them all the time and I have good ideas and I bring them to you. Um, just listen and think about them. Don't just shut me down because you're the maker, I'm the buyer. I need to know my place. You need to know your place as the maker. I I hate hearing that because sometimes, um, sometimes I have good ideas, sometimes I have horrible ideas and some of my favorite conversations with makers is when I bring my ideas to the maker and we have intellectual conversations about those ideas and we start talking about the possibilities of it. Um, Like I talked about Full-length backspacers with um, Ian of CMF Metalworks. Everybody that knows Ian's knives knows he uses really thick blades, and um, that leaves huge spaces in your scales for stuff like your hands to go into. And after I started talking to him about it, he started impl- He saw the he saw the issue, and he started implementing those full-length backspacers So somebody like myself, who have really small hands, will oh, cut
0: themselves. Hallelujah!
1: See and it just it it came to that by me bringing up the the um bringing it up and we haven't a discussion about it if if I wouldn't have said anything he would still be doing those little backspacers with um, huge gaps
2: well here and, let's take a uh, let's take a moment here and appreciate what you've just said is that this whole episode is is dedicated to making gripes we're all just complaining about shit but if we don't do it, you know, some people might be like, Oh, why are you guys complaining? If we don't do this, things don't get better and we're hoping that this is you know, somebody listens to this and improves improves on what they're doing, right? That would like, be dope. just like what you said. Just like what you said.
1: Yeah. It, it's um there's a reason why constructive criticism's hard to hear. Mm-hmm. It's because you don't want to hear it because you think you know everything. Uh Generally, that has a huge general uh, consent. I don't know, dude. Guys, I am so tired.
0: Oh my god, <laughs> that was uh, that was my biggest thing was the the gaps where I can slice up in my hand by reaching yeah. my pocket. So
1: I was coming in. I was coming into my last point, and that that was the biggest point is knives that can hurt me closed and in my pocket. And my biggest issue when I have a knife. Is if I can put my hand in my pocket and it will slice my pinky open? I have smaller hands. I have I've said it a bunch of times. Nick Shabazz hands, but it's
2: They're one called of those tiny things. bitch hands. They're not called Nick Shabazz hands. <laughs> oh my god!
1: Hands. What if what if he what if he trademarked uh, tiny
2: trademarked bitch hands? He needs to add that to his logo. That's his that's his actual like motto. Nick I would Shabazz. buy a shirt with that tiny on bitch hands. hands.
1: Yeah, yeah, he needs to put that in his little <laughs> shirt with it. Uh, oh, I dude. I do have really small hands compared to most people, so we gotta it, we
2: gotta we gotta get
0: Nick Shabazz on the show one of these days. This would have yeah. been a gotta,
2: perfect one for him. I
1: think I so.
0: Thought. We'll, we'll think. we can pull him in on the gripes for the the knife life gripes. I'll
2: ask him. I'm sure he'll do it. I'm sure he'll do it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, there's there's so many knives
1: that do this. I can I mean. Um, Ian's knives, before he started doing the full backspacers, will absolutely cut you. Tough Knives knives will absolutely cut you. Shark Nivco knives will absolutely cut you. I can look at these knives, and if you can see the edge when they turn the knife sideways, it can cut you. Um, Even smaller knives. Not even these huge, big-ass custom knives. Um, A big one was the... Uh, giant Mouse GM3, that will cut the fuck out of your hand if you put your finger in it. The edge is basically sticking out of the back of the handle. It's a huge issue. And my my what blows my mind is these people, they design them, supposedly they prototype them, they test them, and then they put them in production or they start making batches or they start making one-off customs, and they know full and well that there's a huge-ass fucking gap in the back of your blade. <laughs>
2: I and saw they, yeah. one I saw one last week on Instagram, a custom knife, I think by an Italian dude where the the heel of the blade was literally sticking out the back of the handle yeah. like just completely like gonna slice you one hundred percent. it was I, actually sticking out and when it was closed. I
1: love tough knives. I love Jeff Blavette. Every time I see his knives, they just, oh man, like I'm just like, I want this knife. And then I see a video and every single one I've ever seen, he turns it sideways and like you can see the heel of the blade sticking up. Like it's basically flush with the end of his scales. Yeah. And I'm like, that's like, I want it, but I can't buy it because it will fuck me up in a
0: minute. And it's a, I have a couple of tough knives here and I'm looking at them.
2: I just I just had, like, a hilarious, like, in my mind, uh, like, a medical uh, advertisement that plays in the middle of the night. Do you have tiny bitch hands? Do you, su- <laughs> Do you suffer from TBH? Don't buy this,
0: the tough knives. Don't buy these. I don't know. This full-size deadite is fine.
1: Maybe there's a couple. I know a lot I've seen. A lot of his – if you just go through his Instagram, you can – I love the dude to death, so I hate to blast him like this. But everyone I see.
2: The thing about, uh, I'll say Jeff, is similar to Mike Gavick, is that they never really make the exact same knife twice. Yeah. And uh, so I bet it's hard to be perfect about it every time. You know, that was a big problem. Nick Shabazz, you know, (laughs) this guy keeps coming up, uh, said that about Cody Usler. Cody Usler. Usler. Ot uh, yeah. early on like when i was first watching his videos he made a video about how it cut his hand and so i was like oh Cody doesn't know how to make knives but that motherfucker knows how to make a nice knife and uh, i it just think that, it was, that was it was the equalizer
1: that was inconsistent
2: right it was just inconsistent and sometimes people learn and i think you know i'd buy one of his knives
1: yeah it's just it's one of those things if you can see the heel as they turn the knife sideways and you can t- um no fun. There's even, uh, what? There's even some Shirogorovs that are dangerously close, that that I've handled. Not my F three. Uh, <laughs>
2: my, my perfect, perfect F three.
1: Yeah, they they can come close. Um, I mean, you guys covered everything, uh, extremely well. I actually came back a little bit later after I wrote these two. and I was gonna write one more, and I was like, "Fuck, they got them all." That's that's pretty good. Okay, so well, we
0: have a. We have a bunch of questions. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and rock and roll with that. For, do we have any news, guys? Uh, uh, let's see. G10 is coming up.
2: I'm the yeah, only when one is going. Next uh, month. August it's the 30th. It's the 30th August, to the 1st. It's the end of August, the beginning of September. I am officially not going. I bought the uh, Robert Carter Frank Fisher talent, and that was too much money. It totally destroyed my G10
0: funds. so not going. Sad.
2: This is the exact opposite of
1: Blade Show. I'm the only one going.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um <clears throat> I'm not going because I thought you were going, Tyler. You're not going? No, I'm poor, dude. Yeah, um, I'm poor, I right know. I can't. I'm I've going to so I'm going to New York Custom Knife Show. So When is uh, that? November?
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: And that November happens at the same
1: time as another show happens like right at the same time, right? It's Blade Show
0: West now, isn't it? Uh, Blade Show West is in October, like twentieth.
1: I may go to that one because I can drive to Portland. I don't know yet.
0: Well, I mean, October November is pretty back to back. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much G10 Blade Show West, New York, like all in a sort of a row. Um, so I
2: just have to stick the Blade Show. That's probably all I can do for
0: the next couple of years. Shut up. We'll see. You don't know. You don't know what the future is. So let's. Like two-
1: in, like, three years, he's going to be showing up in, like, Porsches and Lamborghinis. Yeah, exactly. Every yeah, time,
2: yeah. So uh, fucking roll up with the with the <laughs> scissor doors
0: up. Be like, sub bitches. Doors that go like this.
1: And he have his own <laughs> driver. Alfred.
0: That's right.
2: uh,
0: the first question I feel like we should knock out real quick because it's directed just to Frank. This final one. Oh, OK. Frank, uh, do you want to read it out loud? Okay, I'm still not sure why. Okay, this comes from, to us from
2: James. Who's James? Where does James send this from? This came in the email. They came from
0: email. Yeah,
2: this is an email. James sent us an email that says, "I'm still not quite sure why Frankie chooses green anodizing when it's available. He's alluded there may be specific chemical reason. There may be a specific chemical reason why it's the most interesting color. If there isn't something I'm missing, then why not pink?" which off the top of my head only really shows up around 66 volts and nowhere else, if the patented frunky green is just a test of how accurately a maker can reach a desired color, wouldn't pink be just as good a test? Uh, very good question, James. Uh, the reason that I like green as a color is, number one, I just like fucking green. It's a great color. It's, <laughs> That's I, I why like I green. like green. I mean, yeah. it's the color of money. It's the color of weed. It's a great color. It's wonderful. It's uh, the reason I like green titanium though is that to achieve green, you have to have uh, a higher voltage source. You have to get almost up to a hundred volts. And so, some people can do some kind of junky anodizing with like a couple of batteries and a bowl of like uh, bleach or something, and get you a bronze or a shitty blue or something like that. But to achieve a green, green is like the highest end of the spectrum of titanium anodizing, and so to get a good green, you have to have the right power source. You have to have a good uh, solution bath. You have to be able to clean your titanium well, because the higher voltage colors do more of that sort of uh, spectroscopic stuff, where like it sort of color shifts if you don't mm-hmm. do the if you don't do the the, anod- the anodizing perfectly. <clears throat> Uh, And so to me, it is a test of if somebody is able to do it. Now, frunky green is technically a green anodizing and then maybe a blue stonewash over that. So that's sort of a multi-level finish that uh, actually Andrew over at Fanatic Edge, I'm going to say, is the guy who basically invented it. Some people hate it. You know, even I don't think it's the most beautiful thing on every single knife. But, you know, it's just something that I like to try because it shows me that they can achieve a consistent green, which is a hard color to achieve, uh, and then produce a nice finish. So that that's basically why. Pink is uh, only in that 66-volt range, but I don't like pink on my knife. In fact, I had a pink BBM that I just sent to Nick to turn it blue, so I want uh, that's what's going to happen to <laughs> that one.
1: And that pink is almost a salmon <laughs> color, too. It's a weird pink. It's it was a even... weird
2: pink. It's like yeah. a pink, pink-purple, and it was a cool color, but... It just wasn't for me. It had to go.
0: Awesome. Good Good question, James. Thanks, dude. I hope that helps. I hope that answers your question. So we got a question in from one Aaron. Uh, I'm not going to shout out his last name. I feel like that's probably – we should probably skip that. That's fine. No, no, no. That's fine. So he says, guys, here's a question – oh, yeah, for the next podcast. It's regarding Holt Bladeworks. Is it worth the hype or is it overhyped? Is what Mr. Shabazz and others on social media – have said true about the Spectre. Discuss amongst yourselves. Um, I. <sighs> Short answer, yes. It's great. It's a great knife. First of all, knife. I think for $495, the refined version is one of the best values in custom knives right now. Um, I don't disagree. I would also feel – I feel like it's worth telling a quick story because um, – I feel like a lot of us, as knife enthusiasts, over time, we start to develop sophisticated tastes, you know, like to the point where like um, I'm just like really weirdly like opposed to frame locks, even though that's like super not representative of how awesomely good frame locks are, right? Um, and so like I think it's easy sometimes for us to uh, get really into this world and then start thinking about knives from our personalized perspectives and then it becomes harder. To appreciate what is genuinely just a good knife, period. Um, and so recently, uh, I was helping a coworker who sort of collects high end watches, has been in the knives for a while, but never bought anything super serious. You know, Microtech, a couple of CRKTs, um, that kind of thing, you know, a few, few hundred bucks here and there. Um, but so he was looking for something higher end. He said that he had like a thousand to fifteen hundred bucks to spend, and so I got together with him, <clears throat> excuse me, and talked to him about a bunch of uh, different brands. Handed him a bunch of different, you know. He said he really liked uh, sort of the CNC stuff um, and sort of frame locks, and so i we sort of moved away from the Thorburns and everything I would normally uh, sort of jump to, and started looking. I handed <laughs> him Shirogovs and and this and that, um, and uh, I I thought to myself, I I have a local buddy here, Rich, who has a Specter still, uh, even though mine's gone, and I was like, I bet he'll like that, so I brought that to him and. Uh, it was really interesting to see how much he liked it right away and like he was really set on a Shirogorov. Like he had like things in his card on Recon 1 and within like two minutes he had done a complete 180 and was all about the Spectre. And I think that really speaks to uh, <clears throat> how entertaining it is. It's just got such great acoustics, such a usable blade. Their option list is fantastic. The way that you actually order your knife is so uh, modern. Which I really appreciate. Like, we talked a lot in this episode about communication and and just sort of business habits and everything. The Holts have that shit fucking down. And it's because there's two of them. Um, you know, there's Joe making the knives and then Angie, of course, helping out with all of the sort of admin work. Um, but the communication is great via email. They have this awesome order form with all these great examples. Um, there's no bullshit or uh, sort of, um, uh, how would you say, uh, unknowns going in like for example they have the price of a spa treatment like on their website you like order it in your cart you know what I mean and and um, the same is true of like if you want to buy extra hardware and other colors. Um, so it's really cool. They're just like super upfront, super forward. I think they're a great brand, a great business. Seeing them at Blade was really great. Um, Angie worked on her own pattern design for for the Spectre uh, and it's my favorite one so far. So that's cool. That's finally hitting uh, the shelves, so to speak, even though they're not for sale, but um, and, and yeah, they've done all this development with the, the detent and everything. The new adjustable detent sounds amazing. Uh, it's really cool. So, I again, at $495, as far as a prestige goes, if it's the same knife, you know, but just with a damn steel inlay or blade or something, like, I can't really speak to the value of that. Uh, you know, it really just depends on how much you care about materials and stuff. But, like, at $495, the refined version of the Spectre is an absolute fucking steal.
2: You just had a lot to say. It is an excellent <laughs> knife. Uh, it's so good that I'm going to order one myself. I've asked them about it. I spoke to, uh, I'm sorry, what was her name? Angie. Angie. <laughs> Angie. I met them at the show. I'm embarrassed. It's Joe and Angie, right? Yes, yeah. Joe and Angie. I met them, very sweet folks, uh, at the Chad Nichols table buying some Mokume, and so I'm turning oh, nice. that into a... That's going to become a thing. Um but yes, I would highly recommend it. Buy it if you like it. Um, it's like if you could combine uh, a servo, a Koenig Arius, and a Shirogorov into a knife, you'd get something resembling a whole blade
0: work specter. But it's so much smaller than a lot of those brands' knives. That uh... It's smaller
2: than those, but I would say, you know, it's some kind of, in terms of the tactile and quality yeah. and the, the precision, I, I, those are the, the other right. companies I would I say are similar in certain ways.
1: Yeah, I owned um, number 103. I was in the second run, and it was the older style with uh, the nadeau style detent. Um, everything both these guys. We can have just said, call it
0: an interval detent because that's what it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: <an> Inner
0: <interval laughs> detent. That's yeah, fine. It's like his uh, argument earlier. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, sure. I no longer have mine. I traded mine off. Um, but that's Why? not because Why? that's not because I didn't like it. It's because. Um, the Holtz are one of these very few makers out there that are consistently um, innovating. We, we've named two of them already talking about this, and that's uh, Bill Koenig. If you buy the, the very first um, um, knives that he produced, the Arius is completely different than the ones he's producing right now. And yeah. if we look at the Servo. That uh, Craig Brown is making the very first uh, servos are completely different than the newer My servo
2: ones. and your servo are might as well be two different makers. Like they're they're very different.
1: Yeah, and then he's always he's he's just changed the pocket clip. He's now he's chamfering the. The blade, a uh, spine. He's doing so much stuff. And and same can be true about um, the Holtz. Um, totally different detent system, changing the jimping. Um, they're thinking about changing um, their
2: uh, so Here's, here's a thought that blade. I've had since we're on a Gripes episode. Is it a gripe if you know that a maker is going to constantly be evolving their knives?
1: I think it's a double-edged sword.
2: It's a double-edged because sword. Because that's
1: why I got I love- rid of
2: mine. I love Bill's knife. So Bill Koenig is a perfect example. He's constantly innovating, and every time he brings up something, I'm like, I want that on my knife, please. Exactly. And so my, my knife gets delayed by another month. That's why I, I got
1: rid of that. my Holt, because I felt like I had the old model. Um, right. I, I got a chance to handle the new detent system in Eugene Kwan's knife, and I fell in love with it. It's a lot. Um, it's Chris yeah, it is. It's a lot, Very and I, I like the closing action better. There's a lot of drag when you close the old styles compared to that. They've really become a. It's not different. It still feels the same. There's a different acoustic effect because of the way it's built, but the closing action is a lot nicer in my opinion, in in my preference, as opposed to the older styles. So I traded that one. I actually, traded it for my Graham Raisel. Uh, fun fact. Um, mm. Yeah. So, Uh, but I do have I do have a new one on order. That's the whole reason why I did trade it because I want I want the updated version.
0: Are you gonna get a prestige or a refined?
1: Prestige. There you go. But it's not gonna be inlays.
0: Right. Okay. Um, And and mine's gonna be awesome too.
2: But yeah,
1: they're amazing. (laughs) Uh, The hype is real. They're great people, which makes it even better.
0: It makes it a million times better. They are very good people, yes. Uh, So that's great, guys. So we're at an hour and a half right now. Um, The other – oh, sorry. I hit my mic there. The other two two questions questions that we have are pretty, um, pretty broad. So I don't know if we necessarily want to jump into those in this one. We'll maybe save those for the next episode. That sounds fine. They're good questions. I want to answer them. It, yeah, they're great questions. So vote the time next time. Yeah, yeah definitely. 100%. Um, so cool. Well, thanks so much, guys. Um, this was a really fun one to record. Thanks so much to everybody for listening. We'll, uh, of course, go around the table. And, uh, of course, if you guys want to leave us more questions for next time and for future episodes, please shoot us an email at thenifecast at gmail.com. Uh, Frank, where can we find you?
2: Uh, I am Dr. Frunke on YouTube. I have that channel, F-R-U-N-K-E-Y. You can also find me uh, on Instagram with the same name, and you can get me at uh, DrFrunkey all one word, at gmail.com. And Josh? I go by
1: Echo Does Knives on Instagram. They are two underscores between Echo and Does and Knives. They're in there somewhere. You can find them. DM me over there. Uh, Let's have a conversation about Knives. And very soon I will be making my debut on youtube i've recorded a couple of videos so I'm gonna,
2: oh
0: dude
1: my, my first video is going to be a jd vander gold that i have on loan uh God, yeah. I, i'm finally making the jump in, look at into that he's YouTube. starting on
0: he's starting with a loner this guy with fucking huge yeah. collections starting with a loner he knows how, how to do it loner, right yeah
2: that's interesting All my right. first one was the spider cone nirvana that was my first video
0: mine was the uh Wii 604d
1: and I've watched both yeah. of those, and I love them both. <laughs> uh, yeah. it just, I got this knife from a friend just to check out, and I wanted to do a video before I sent it back to him. Cool. So.
0: That's dope, man. Awesome. Looking forward to that. Uh, of course, you can find me on YouTube as well, Tovarish Works, uh, on Instagram at TovarishWorks, and email me for any reason whatsoever at TavarishWorks at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time.